My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Sunday School. And uh, if you got your handouts, we'll go ahead and jump right in. I want to do a quick review of last week, uh, since some of what we're doing is pretty significantly different than what we typically do in uh, Sunday school. Um, If this feels a little bit different, because this series is about equipping you, not about uh, teaching you per se. Typically what we do is we come in, we open up, we look at a passage of scripture and we walk through it. This is more about how to do some of that. So um, let's just run through the first side of your handout where it says uh, review assumptions, objectives, and assertions at the top there. Uh, So real quick, uh, some assumptions about this particular series. All believers talk about the Bible. Believers don't always follow a very Bible-informed process, when, specifically when talking about the Bible. And in our current age of outrage, uh, believers can do better. So a couple of objectives from this series. We want to be prepared. Last week we talked about Titus uh, and the fact that for the vast majority of us, we will get old one day. Uh, and We want to be prepared for our expectations in old age. Uh, we want to be faithful. Uh, we hear at Stewart Heights all the time that you, we are entrusted with our time, our talents, and our treasures, and I would say a wholeheartedly amen to that, uh, and I would also say that we are entrusted with the truth of the Scripture. Uh, so we get to uh, be stewards of that as well. Uh, we want to be faithful in all things that we do, uh, and then we also want to be engaging uh, head, hearts, and hands uh, in the way that we talk about the Bible. So some assertions, some things that are true, Uh, specifically about the Bible. Uh, God tells us what the Bible is. It's God's authoritative, inerrant, clear, necessary, and sufficient word. Uh, We looked at 2 Timothy 3 and Hebrews 4 last week. Uh, God tells us what the Bible gives to us, um, all things for life and godliness. We looked at 2 Peter there. Uh, And then God tells us about the resources that he provides. So uh, helping believers talk about the Bible, he gives us his spirit, his word, and his church. Uh, And the Spirit and the Bible themselves are infallible, and then the church provides confirmation and or rebuke, uh, and then we scale up or down as opportunities and wisdom dictates. Uh, So our schedule for this particular series, last week we looked at uh, praying when talking about the Bible, Um, and hopefully you walked away from last week's lesson with one clear thought, and that's before we talk about the Bible, it's okay and strongly encouraged to pray first. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be involved. Just pray, ask for help. Uh, Today we're going to talk about hearing. Uh, Next week, Lord willing, thinking and then talking and then the actual sharing itself. So some basic Bible principles around how to talk about the Bible. Um, Two things about these. I would hold this particular list and the order with a very loose hand. The Bible doesn't prescribe the order. And the Bible also talks about several other things that you can do in the process of talking about the Bible. So I I wouldn't say that this is an inerrant list, but it is a great place to start when thinking through uh, this process. So let's uh, review last week very quickly the the process step number one, which is pray. So our attitudes, we go in uh, with prayer, with fear, dependence, and expectancy. Uh, And then what we're actually looking for is praying for illumination, praying for wisdom, and then praying for the hearing of the hearers. Don't forget to pray for the people that you're actually going to be talking to the Bible with, right? Uh, So let's practice for just a moment. Um, And I'll give you 
some directions on the screen here. So take a moment to ensure before we begin to look at today's text uh, that we have an attitude of fear. Like we are coming before God Almighty and about to open up his uh, infallible word, uh, that we have an attitude of dependency, that we have an attitude of expectation, that we don't come to the scripture with a flippant or casual approach. Um, and take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate this week's text. We're going to be looking at John uh, 18, verses 1 through 11 here in a few minutes. We'll look at a couple passages of scripture before we get there, but uh, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate this week's text. Ask for wisdom uh, for yourself. I would appreciate you asking for wisdom for me. And then pray for the hearing of other believers in this room. Because as we learn more together, as we grow, this benefits us collectively. So let's uh, practice this for just a minute. So looking at process step number two, process step number two, I think it's going to be on the, yeah, the bottom of that front page of your handout. So um, when you look, of, look at uh, anything that's written down about talking about the Bible or teaching the Bible, um, there, is a, there is a word that is missing from this list that is almost always on a list like this. Yes, read. Uh, and, and I would propose to you, and we're actually going to talk about that a lot more next week when we get into the think section. Uh, but I would propose to you, and, I, and I'll bring you some stats next week. I got about 80% of the way through with them and wasn't able to finish this week. But uh, the number of times that the Bible tells us to hear the scriptures is about 10 to 1 versus the number of times that the Bible tells us to read the scriptures. And if you think about why that would be true, well, for the vast majority of human history, individual believers, individual followers of Yahweh did not have a copy of the scriptures themselves. Right? It wasn't until just a couple hundred years ago that we were able to actually own a copy of the scriptures. And, and I would actually argue that really in the last hundred years or so that each person would have one or have multiple copies. And we're to the point now where every one of us carries around thousands of copies of the Scripture in your pocket uh, because you have access to dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of different translations uh, through different apps on your Bible. So, so as we talk about process step number two, I want to talk about what it is not and then what it is. And some of you are going to go, Jim, this was incredibly basic. Yes, because I want to make sure we really understand exactly what this is. So, Sean, here's your first blank. What it is not, hearing is not reading. Hearing is hearing. Now, there is nothing wrong with reading the Bible. The Bible encourages reading the Bible. It, it commands kings and spiritual leaders to be able to read the Bible. And it even gives, in Revelation 1, a special blessing uh, to those who read the book of Revelation. But the vast majority of the commands in the Bible for consuming God's word are around hearing and not about reading. Uh, and we'll talk much more about reading and how to read in next week's lesson when we talk about thinking about uh, God's word. So what it is, uh, hearing the Bible 
being read out loud. So is everybody following so far? So is this an active thing that you are doing, or is this a passive thing that is being done to you? Thank you. Yes, very much so. It should be both. It very much should be both. I was hoping I'd get a, this is passive. No, it's not passive. Not passive at all. If, if we passively listen to the scripture, then it doesn't feel like we are taking an approach of expe uh, expectancy or dependence or certainly not fear. Um, so let's talk about a couple of these uh, attitudes that we have. So flip over to Nehemiah chapter 8. And we'll, we'll park in Nehemiah chapter 8 for a minute. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a question, and I want to ask you this question, and then I want you to listen to Nehemiah 8, verses 1 through 8 being read. Okay? And here's the question. How often does the way that we listen to the Bible mimic the way these listeners listen to the Bible? So you, you be listening for, does that, does that mimic the way that I listen to the Bible, or is that something different? Okay, so here we go. Nehemiah 8, verse 1. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and the women and those who could understand, and all the ears of the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose, and beside him at his right hand stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Urijah, Hilkiah, and Messiah, and at his left hand Padiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashum, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshullam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it up, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also Jeshua and Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shebathai, Hodadijah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Jozebad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. So does that mimic how we typically listen to Scripture? When, when the book of the law was opened in front of all the people, what happened? They stood up. They raised their hands. They said, Amen, Amen. They were attentive to the reading. Right? So I, I think our first attitude here might be one that we could gather from Nehemiah chapter 8, uh, which is respect. There is a respect here for God's word 
that obviously is lost in our culture today, right? I mean, we, we have to look about two inches far to see a lack of respect for God's word. But that ought not be the case inside the church. So I want you to read, I'm going to read one more verse here, verse 9 in Nehemiah chapter 8, and we'll, we'll see if we can pick up the second one. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Now, why would you, it's a dangerous question, but why would you weep when you hear the Bible being read? Why would there be a weeping there? There's some conviction. Anything else? Yeah, the, the Spirit may be moving, right? What else? Yeah. Do, do, do you know what's happening in Nehemiah chapter 8? What's, what, is, what is the big event that occurs in Nehemiah? There's the rebuilding of the, the wall of Jerusalem, right? And, and if Jerusalem had no wall, that means Jerusalem was not protected, which means you, you couldn't really do what you needed to do relative to the service and the worship of the Lord because it wasn't safe to do it. So this would have been the first time in a while that these people would have heard the book of the law and they wept. And, and I would argue that uh, they wept for, for mourning over how long it had been uh, and also moved because perhaps how their lives did not match with what they had just heard. Because if you don't regularly hear the Bible, especially if you were under the law and all the rules and the regulations of the law, and then you hear it, your first response will be, wow, there's a big gap between what I'm doing and what is going on right there. So number two, deference. Deference. D-E-F-E-R-E-N-C-E. D-E-F-E-R-E-N-C-E. A deference. Um, I looked for quite a while for a word that meant what I wanted it to mean. Uh, Webster says deference means respect and esteem due to a superior or an elder or affected or ingratiating regard for another's wishes. So, so here's what's going on. They heard the Bible and they said, what God has said about these things is more important than the way that we have been living. Does that make sense? So they, they put the scripture above. Now, literally, it was above because Ezra had stood on this platform of wood that had been built for this purpose. And, and to be honest, many churches today have some type of a pulpit or a platform that is made out of wood because of Nehemiah chapter 8. There's some head nod there to what is going on. So we've got this attitude of respect, this attitude of deference. Um, they deferred to the scripture on how their lives were to be lived. And, and this would not have been easy because if you have ever read the first five books of the Bible and said, I think I'm going to go do that. There's a lot to that. There's an awful lot to that. So their attitudes here, I think, are very informative for us, this respect and deference. So, <coughs> excuse me. so let's look at a couple more. Uh, flip over to the back side. Actually, you're already on the back side of your handout, aren't you? Uh, so let's look at our actions. So let's go to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 27, 1 Timothy 4, 13, and then Revelation 1, 3. 
Yep. So, so I mean, we've talked about what this is, and and why why are they not saying not It's a great question. It's a great question. I talked through the book of Nehemiah in 09, I think. I answered that question then, so I'll I'll refer back to my prior work. There you go. And God has been good to you, and you are in Chattanooga now, so there you go. All right. 1 Thessalonians 5.27. Who's got it? <laughs> Where is that verse in 1 Thessalonians? At, like how far at the end? Like right before he goes, like Paul out, right? Okay. Um, aren't you glad he didn't sign things that way? That'd have been awful. <laughs> Paul out. That's awful. I don't know where that came from. Uh, so at the very end, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. So what does that sound like? Okay. So 1 Timothy 4.13. I read a book last year on this verse. It wasn't a very long book. It's like 150 pages, but it's a really good book. 1 Timothy 4.13. Till who comes? Paul. Till Paul comes. And when Paul shows up, he wants them to have been investing all this time in what? Reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Right? So think about the, the pedagogical flow there. So the reading to take in information. Right? The exhortation, the encouraging people to act and the doctrine, the teaching is the collection of those things in a orderly way that can be communicated well. You, ha- you really have to do it in that order. Right? Which is interesting that, you know, Paul would be up in, in alignment with modern day educational theory. Shocking, right? Shocking. That the Holy Spirit would know something about how to teach people. Right? So till I come give attention to reading... So let me ask a question. Do we give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine? And then Revelation 1-3. That was a rhetorical one. Sorry. I didn't pick up the water bottle. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. Because the time is near. So... What book is that written in? Revelation. Revelation, yes, that's good. So so what prophecy do we think he's talking about? Revelation, right? The, the prophecy of the book of Revelation, yeah. So blessed is he who reads. So there is a very special blessing, I mentioned this earlier, for those that can read the book of Revelation. And there's another blessing for those that who can hear the words of this prophecy. And then I, th- I think it might even be a third blessing for those that 
keep the things that are written in it. But it is very difficult to keep up with what's going on in Revelation if you skip the reading part or if you skip the hearing part, right? Everybody with me on this one? Okay. All right, so a couple more actions here. Action number one, uh, and I've got the same verses here because it's really two sides of a, a coin here, uh, is read the Bible out loud to others. And the best I can tell, there's not an age limit on this in the Bible anywhere. And say, well, now, as soon as your kids are grown up, then you, you can stop doing this. Read the Bible. And then the other side of that, action number two, is hear the Bible being read aloud. Now, some of you are like me in that uh, you read quickly, you move through content quickly, you can kind of get through books pretty quick. And, and when I do that, I miss stuff almost always, right? Because you go fast enough through material, you're going to miss something. But when I am forced to slow down and read out loud, it is very difficult to miss things, especially when there are 30 or 40 or 50 people in a room looking at the same text, and I get immediate visual feedback when I miss a word. It, it is very easy to tell. But we are commanded to read the Bible out loud to others and to hear the Bible being read aloud. So when we do this in Sunday school, when I read the text and when you listen to the text, we are literally obeying the words of the Lord to read and to hear the Bible being read aloud. Now, um, if you thought you were going to get off easy this week, is that two? There we go, two. Uh, we're going to practice this one as well. Do you see the, our practice on there? Yes, excellent. So here's what we're going to do. Our text for this series, because we selected the book of John and then somebody picked number 18, so we're going we're gonna to look at the first major section of John 18 um, for our series. Now, I will encourage us to consciously respect God's Word and to position our heart to defer to whatever it teaches in this passage. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read John 18, verses 1 through 11, out loud. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn your phones over or put your bookmark in your Bible and just listen. Okay? Now, I don't normally encourage this because we have been taught, almost all of us, from a very young age, you bring your copy of the Bible to church and make sure you know exactly what the preacher's reading. You hold them accountable. Absolutely. I think that's great. I think that's a fantastic approach. But I'm about to have you do this, so you'll be able to see if I goofed anything up. All right? Just want you to listen. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having a received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? And they answered him, 
Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to him, to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke, Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Now, I ask you a question. Did anything happen in that text that you don't remember happening before? Yeah, the servant has a name, right? Anything else? It is, yes. Some are, yes. Is there anything in John's account that when you heard it, you went, today, today, when you heard it read out loud? Yeah. When Jesus said, I am, and the he is actually in italics, he literally just saying, I am. I think it's funny because he asked them the second time and it doesn't say they've gotten up yet. <laughs> they might be sitting on their butts on the ground and he says, who are you seeking? Kind of amazing stuff. So I want us to understand that when we hear the scripture read out loud, sometimes we hear and see things that we wouldn't normally hear or see. Because when we hear someone else read it, they might emphasize a word or a phrase in a way that helps us understand what's going on. So, here's your table work, and I need a volunteer from each table, and if one doesn't volunteer, then I will uh, appoint. So, at this table number one over here on my left, who wants to volunteer to read? Mitch reads, excellent. Mitch, where I, where I work, that's, that's called being voluntold. So, there you go. Table two in the back corner. Excellent. All right. Table three. Dave, you're not allowed to. So that just made all the, all the rest of the table panic, right? All right. Excellent. Great. Table four. Excellent. All right. Table five. Miss Amy's got it. Table six. All right. Lynn's got it. And table seven. Excellent. All right. So here's your directions. Your directions, if you want to, if you're one of the listeners, feel free to listen with your Bible open. Feel free to follow along. That's fine. But I want you intently focused and listening to the person reading the Scripture. And before you read it out loud, you may want to read through it once to make sure, yes, I can pronounce this word. It's Kidron and Malchus. Those are the two words that might be a little iffy. Kidron and Malchus. And to make sure that you understand kind of what's going on and how the flow goes and where the emphasis ought to be. And it's okay to practice in your head once. So give the reader just a minute to read through. And then when you're ready, just start with your table. And when you're finished, hold up your Bibles. 
When your table is finished, hold up your Bibles. All right, you may begin. Excellent. All right. Good deal. Almost nobody raised their Bibles, but that's okay. That's all right. So, uh, what is this series title? <clears throat> what is the series that we are in, the title, the teaching series that we are in, the title of the series? Talking about the Bible, right. So, last week, I encouraged us that before we actually talk about the Bible to anybody, that we do what? We pray. We just pray, Right? And before we answer a question about the Bible, I would strongly, strongly encourage that you make sure that whomever you are talking with actually has heard the words of the text. I cannot tell you how many times I have been asked a question about the Bible, and when we open up and we actually read it, the question is immediately answered. Because we've guessed about what we thought we remembered it said, as opposed to, let's just look at the words. Let's hear those words and what they say. So don't skip the basic stuff. Don't skip just praying and asking for help. And don't skip actually hearing the words. Now, if you want a resource that I could strongly recommend for you for reading the Bible, this is the book that I read last year. Is it last year or year before? Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Just fantastically simple, straightforward with practical exercises. There's even a DVD in the back where you can watch the guy and the team of people because they have team readings of the Bible where each person has a different part. It's spectacular if you have never seen the Bible read or presented in this way. So I would uh, give you that recommendation to think through. Now, next week, if you look at your handout, is process step number three, think. As you can imagine, there's, there's a lot that goes on here. Um, uh, this is the Bible word for meditate, uh, and we'll talk a lot about 
what this means and how we can do it and what that looks like in the 21st century. Uh, I would encourage you, when you look at your homework section, note that these steps are additive. They are not, um, they are not a, once you have done this once, that's it, you never do it again. So ask the Holy Spirit for help in understanding John 18, 1 through 11. And then hear John 18, 1 through 11 as many times as you can this week. And feel free to go back to step number one repeatedly. It's okay. What you'll notice about the steps, the praying, is that you're going to pray all the way through the pray and the hear and the think and the talk and the share. And you'll, re you'll refer back to the hear as you think and you talk and you share. And you'll refer back to the think as you talk and you share. And you'll refer back to the talk as you share. Like it's, you, they all five, they're very additive. They're not, you, you move to discrete steps and that's it. You don't go backward. So you got your suggested resource there at the bottom of the page. Uh, and you should be ready at this point for your weekly update. And they are on the table, which is good. So if you'll lean in, engage, uh, pray over those prayer requests, make any updates or changes uh, that need to be made. Pray as a table. After you have prayed as a table, then you are dismissed. I will encourage you that the service is beginning two minutes early today. So we have a jam-packed uh, service this morning. So we're starting two minutes early. So don't be late. But once you have finished uh, your prayer time, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.